Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. Dave Deckard is out this week, but filling in for him is my friend Chris Haynes. I convinced him to come on this week and do our little podcast. You may recognize Chris from his work with Yahoo Sports, his news-breaking tweets, his courtside reporting, or his years of covering the Portland Trailblazers, and specifically his in-depth stories and inside access to our favorite Trailblazer, Damian Lillard. Tonight, he's agreed to come on here and chat about the Blazers with me. I'm anxious to hear his thoughts on where things are at um, and maybe get some inside information on what he thinks you know how things are gonna go we'll see what we can get out of you chris how are you i'm doing fine you know look it's it's awesome and it's a pleasure coming on with you but i'm disappointed so the the day i decide to do this dave decker just dips out what's up with that (laughs) so so here's the deal when dave and i started this podcast we weren't gonna have guests we were just gonna like do it ourselves and we've stuck to that the only time people have come on has been if I couldn't do it or he couldn't do it. So it was either okay. me or Dave, Chris. So right. count yourself lucky. Okay. No, I am. I understand. <laughs> Dave is my guy. So tell yeah, myself we, what's up. We love Dave here. And, um, you know, that that maybe one day we'll get you on here at the same time as Dave and, and me both. And, and we'll that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Okay. So. There's a lot that's happened in the last week. The last time we recorded this podcast was before the draft. And so things have picked up and we're going to get to the draft because I'm curious on your thoughts with that. But the big thing that has everybody kind of buzzing right now is in the midst of Kyrie being uncertain about signing with the Nets. And then ultimately he did. There were a lot of rumors flying about Kevin Durant and the Trailblazers, and Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic did not help with those rumors when both of them posted a photoshopped photo of Dame and Katie in Blazers jerseys. I took this so seriously that I went and made the first sports bet I've ever made in my life. And I, <laughs> it, it was very, very small because I am not much for gambling, but uh, just for fun, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on KD coming to Portland. So I'm still hanging by a thread. What do you think about this, Chris? I'm I'm curious about your insight here. Interesting, very interesting. Honestly, I didn't think that much of it. Obviously, with the way Kyrie Irving was conducting himself, everybody, including the entire league, had to brace for the collateral damage that would ensue. 
if Kyrie indeed did find an exit out of Brooklyn, most people believe Kevin Durant wouldn't stay there. You know, he, he went there with the idea that there was going to be a partnership with him and Kyrie. Uh, so they kind of formed that brotherhood to go there and do things their way. And if Kyrie were to exit, I think most people are prepared that Kevin Durant will be next. And so this is what I will say. I, I didn't think there was much credence to it. I think um, Dame over the years has put himself out there publicly at times and trying to recruit certain players. Um, definitely he's done things behind the scenes. I took that as a um, sharing on social media. I took that, you know, just having fun at the situation. Um, I don't think it was anything too serious. You know, I, I know the league frowns up, frowns down on things like that with players openly yeah. doing that with players on other teams. But, you know, I don't think it was anything too serious. But I will say this, like if there was a scenario that existed in which Kevin Durant had to really contemplate leaving Brooklyn, I would say he's one of the rare superstars that would go to a team that you would least expect him to go to, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so I know a lot of a lot of people are thinking like, you know, Miami Heat. You know, obviously that makes sense. Um, you hear about, um, I, I don't know, you just hear about these big market teams. But, you know, look, if there really was an opportunity where Kevin Durant wanted to look, look out there, him and Damian Lillard, they have a good relationship. I, I think he would consider it, you know, yeah. again. If there was ever a superstar that would do something like that, it would be KD. But I, I don't think it was nothing to uh, to what Damon uh, Nurkis did on social media. Yeah, these guys have a tendency, I think, to like to play with our minds a little. We've seen Josh Hart posted something the other day where it was all it was was a tweet that was the the little timer emoji, the yeah. whatever that is, and people just freaked out. And I thought, you know, if I'm Josh Hart and I have that kind of power, I'm doing stuff like that too. <laughs> just for yeah, the it's fun. You get, you, yeah, it's fun. You get a reaction, it's, especially if you like scrolling through the comments and the, the yeah. post tweets and kind of see the the snarky and comical remarks and so it's cool you know people have fun you know it, you know not just players but i guess celebrities or people who have a large following yeah. they might tend to do stuff like that and so yeah. uh, but no it is it is funny to just to see what fans are thinking because a lot of i know a lot of players that do things like that and it has nothing to do with basketball but they yeah. do it just yeah. to see like how everybody's going to respond to it or what people are going to be thinking. So it, yeah. you know, it's I cool. mean, when you can make news by posting some fan art Photoshop photo, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was fun. I mean, uh, Portland Twitter kind of exploded. The trades that I saw going out there were something else. And then when, when Kyrie announced he was going to stay with the Nets, someone came up with like a tribute video to the KD rumors, basically. I mean, it was, <laughs> people were just, it was, it was the moment of hope, but uh, it was. So, it, so listen, I wasn't following that closely about what Blazer Twitter was going. So they really <laughs> felt like, oh yeah, this was that right. I mean, I think people. I think Blazers Twitter is a little bit unique where like we will grasp, I say we, cause I am definitely included in this. We'll grasp onto any little thing and just try to pull every ounce of hope possible. So I don't know how much people really took it seriously, but I had actually been saying a couple weeks earlier when, when Kevin Durant first started kind of, you know, he was looking at his options or paying attention to the situation. I started saying, Hey, like this would be really cool. And a couple other people did as well. And then it just sort of picked up steam. And then when Nurk and Dame posted that, so you, you it really, started. well, no, I didn't. I, I didn't start <laughs> That's it. what you get to. You started. <laughs> no, they, when, 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 listen, Dame and Nurk really, really perpetuated that one. So well done on their part. And all, all I'll say is the last time Nurk did this, it was with Jeremy Grant. And we all know how that turned I remember out. That. So yeah, I remember that. Just saying it, it you know, you gotta you gotta at least pay a little attention to it. I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that my bet probably isn't gonna pay out. Yeah, well, it's good that you didn't put a lot, <laughs> lot of you, you didn't put a put a whole ton of money into it. This is what I will say. If Blazer fans do want to hold on to hope, I don't think the situation with Kyrie Irving, I don't think that is over by any stretch of the imagination. Brooklyn still has some decisions to make over there. It, will Kyrie Irving be a model citizen 
uh, for the what is it? Yeah, he has one year remaining on his on his deal. Brooklyn already willing to, to even see that through to yeah. even you know because they have some decisions to make. So it, look, it very well could end up where. KD is really the last man yeah. standing over there. And so, you know, if you want to hold on to hope, I guess that's something to cling to. I am a big hope holder on her too. <laughs> <laughs> I like to cling to it. Um, so I guess I probably shouldn't tell you about the second bet that I made about the Uh-oh. Portland Trailblazers winning some championship or something. Oh, you, 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 no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> Look, I, it's, they, gonna, it's a new year, Chris. It's yeah, a new year. <laughs> they, they have some work to do. They have some work to they do. do. They, they you do. Know, so we'll see. So with that, Damian Lillard is coming back this season. Obviously last year he, he was out for the majority of the season with an injury. He went, he underwent surgery. Do you know anything about where he's at, how he's, how he's been? I know he's been back to, to practicing and things he's been in the gym with with the guys do you have anything on that how he's doing how he's feeling coming back in yeah so i want to say over the last few months dame has been sending clips of him you know as he progresses through this thing and like right now off the so i've been watching probably about two months of his clips going into the practice facility and getting the shots up and then recently he's been going and i want to say probably the last month going up against um, opponents, he looks like the old Dame. He looks better. Yeah. You know, he, he really like his twitch is there. Um, his athleticism is there. His, his foot speed is there. His quick, his first step is there. He's looking good and he, yeah. he's progressed well. And he, if he's, and most importantly, he's in a good space mentally. Good. Because good. even though he was putting up like great numbers over the last couple of years, like that injury, that was really, hampering him you know it's not yeah. just physically but mentally because he knew that that injury was there he knew if he plants a certain way you know he can feel it and so right now he, you know he's telling me he's playing free and he, he looks good he looks really I'm telling you, he looks really good, good what, what what he's shown me so um he's in a good place right now he's ready to d- do some damage but he's going to need some help. I think that's really exciting because I think there's been a lot of unknowns around him going towards this season there's you know anytime a player takes almost an entire season and has that big of a surgery to that big of an injury, there's always that risk that they're going to come back and struggle. And you forget the mental part of injuries where that brings me back to being a very young athlete, not nearly to that level, but like once you hurt yourself and you remember that you hesitate. So I can only Mm -hmm. imagine, you know, having that injury sitting there, it's good to hear that it seems like he's, you know, back to his normal self. I think I expected that. So I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. You know, last couple of years, so what, two years ago, he was in the running for MVP for most of the, yeah. most of the year. And he was dealing with that injury. So like, it, it's scary to think, you know, being physically and mentally healthy, you know, what he can do moving forward. So, yeah. you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store. It's funny how quick we can forget how fun it is to watch Dame healthy. I mean, and and a lot of us didn't even know he was struggling with that because he kept it under wraps for for so long. Um, and even then, like you said, he was playing so well that it's 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 going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to a whole season of of Damian Lillard again. It'll be good to get him back out there for sure. So you talk about help. We've got Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic who are looking to make some good money off the team this season. Uh, Everything out there says they're staying. I'm anticipating that they're staying. What do you think? Are they staying? Do you think the Blazers will keep them? I do. Yeah. I do. Both. Yeah. It wouldn't. They're not going anywhere. I'll I'll say that. So uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get paid. You know, I've heard, I heard some numbers around of what they're doing. They're, they're going to be taken care of. So when you when you when you're able to solidify the center spot, keep them in the in the helm, and you know Yusuf Nurkic, you know he's really close with Dame. Those guys have a you know a really good connection on the court, and so that that bodes well just for continuity as you're trying to establish yeah. and kind of add to the core. And then with Anthony Simons, we saw the emergence of him over the last few years, finally yeah. be, being able to go go out there and get paid and and try to to build on that. You know, yeah. there's there's people that feel like, you know, there's definitely much more room for him to grow. And so now it's about for him, it's going to be about competing at a high level, but competing at a high level 
while trying to win meaningful games and play yeah. playing meaningful games. So, you know, the, the core is shaping up. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. You know, Ant really is coming into his own. I mean, he, there was a lot of buzz about him and, and if he hadn't gotten injured at the end of last season, I think he would, or injured, we should say in quotations, it feels like he would have really been in talks for, for most improved coming out of that season. Cause he was really doing well. And honestly, I think that this last season where we lost so many guys and, and all these young guys had so much playing time, those guys that stay on our roster, I think that's really going to benefit them. Um, and Ant is one of those guys, you know, he played quite a bit there for a while. And I think he's going to be really good going forward because it, it, I mean, if you watch, there was somebody posted something last season that was video of Dame and Ant side by side doing basically the same things. And you can see how he's really going to slide right into that role that Dame has filled um, as a backup. He can do that. And then going forward, eventually, you know, when, when Dame is done, he'll be able to fill in real easily there. So that's that he's an exciting one to me. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, look, man, the kid is young, still has a lot of room to grow, you know, and, you know, I'm look, I, I just want to see, you know, w- with me in covering that team, I got my start there covering the Portland Trailblazers that you mentioned at the top. And so I, I've always just wanted to see what this, because Portland is a, is a team that, you know, even going back to the Scotty Pippen years, the Scotty Pippen, <laughs> and this is always a team that was always on the cusp or it was a team that due to the injuries, you never were able to see yeah. them whole. And then Dame's tenure there, he's like been the lone guy for a long time, had minimum help, really never had a legitimate chance to compete. One thing I like about Joe Cronin is, you know, I know some there was some whiffs here and there and trying to make sure they cleared out some, you know, space and cleared, cleared some guys out. He's actually doing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's mixing some things up. He's taking a chance. Yeah. You know, he's taking yeah. a gamble. So you yeah. you got to you got to respect that. And so I'm I'm interested in seeing like how the whole thing is going to come together and if it can all come together to put a, a basketball product on the court that's going to be able to legitimately contend for a championship. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Cronin, he said after the draft, um, you know, he made a statement that essentially that the team's goal is to win a championship, that they're not going to be satisfied with, you know, a, a first round, second round exit. They, they want to win. And I think that it's been a while since we've heard that much of a statement of, I mean, obviously everybody wants to win, but it seems like that they're willing, like you said, to take some risks and make moves that it was really interesting to watch mid season last season when all the things were going down and people were really, you know, when we traded away half our team and we couldn't really tell what was going on there and everybody's freaking out and they were kind of going after Jeremy Grant and then it didn't happen. And people were upset that nothing really happened in return for us. And I, especially now looking at where we are, I have a lot of respect for the fact that he didn't just go for it and give away more assets than needed. He just to show that he was doing something, you know, he took his time, he let people talk, he let people get frustrated. And now we, you know, that deal is, is a much better deal than it would have been at that time last season. So I think seeing the moves that are being made and seeing that there's thought that's being put into them, it seems like there's a big picture, but also a win now attitude. It seems like they're kind of trying to do both. And I really appreciate that. I think that that's going to be a really good thing. It looks like they're headed that direction. At least they're doing something. You know, that's the thing. We don't know. You know, we don't, uh, obviously we don't know if the direction, if they're headed in the right path, that's going to lead to, putting a realistic ball club that can really compete on the court. But what I will say is that this path is different. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's different. <laughs> you know what <laughs> that, I mean? That, that's, that's fair. A, that, 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 that's a good thing right there. Just, yeah. it's, it's not expected. I, I have to credit them for that. Cause that's, that's a fresh change from what Blazer fans have endured for almost a decade. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost traumatic because I used to joke that the, 
I I liked the fact that I never had to worry about Olshay trading away players because I was <laughs> I I kind of get attached. And so when you get used to that, and we all complained about it, but then you know we get a change and they trade away all the players, and we're all over here like, wait a second, I don't know how much I actually like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a shock because you know you you had you had a group together for so long, so yeah. you know I, I understand that. But you know, look, sometimes you got to make a change, and and w- and when you got a star player like Dame, like there's not too often where a star player will go along with all these changes. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying, yeah. So you still got him in the mix, still being engaged, believing in the plan, the agenda. You know, that's that's Mr. Blazer right there. I think that's part of why he ends up being the target of so many rumors of, of trades and moves and things like that. When he time and time and time again says, Hey, I'm here, I'm staying, I'm not going anywhere. And yet still, I mean, the amount of times that man has reiterated that he is staying in Portland and the amount of headlines that come out saying, but is he, (laughs) it's just, it's outlandish. And I think that a big part of that is exactly what you said. When you have a player like Damian Lillard, who, is so good and a team that has struggled to put the right pieces around him and then has had to do the things they've had to do to get to the point that they've had to get to a lot of people would have bailed a lot of players of of his caliber that had the options that he has that have had the offers that I'm sure he would get that could go play with players that they might like to play with or in a you know a market that's bigger or a place that they might like to live would have done that and dame hasn't done that he's stuck it out and i think people are trying to figure that out and so these rumors pop up when in reality you know he's he's held steady and and i have a lot of respect for that and i'm really dang glad because it would be really hard to watch Damian Lillard on another team after he's been with us for so long. I mean, as loyal as, as they come, man, he, he's a rare figure. He's been there through the thick and thin, but I want to keep it 100, as the young folks will say. You know, every, every, <laughs> Is that what everybody, they say? that's what they say. That's what, that's what they say. That's what my kids tell me. Uh, everybody has their breaking point. Yeah. You know sure. what I'm saying? So, everybody, you know, so you can't get too complacent with Dame because I think right. that's, that that has happened the majority of his career. And I don't think Joe Cronin is doing that. But um, you know, look, there's still some move. He wants to win. He wants to win the championship. Yeah. He wants to do that. So let, you know, I think the the hope is to continue to build and keep filling this roster out until the until it gets to that point. Just to be clear, anyone who's listening, please don't quote Chris Haynes as saying Dame might leave, okay? Because that's not that I made not sure. The I, I, made, I made sure I didn't say that. They, can, they cannot. That would be fake news. That would be fake news. Just being clear here. Yeah. Let's just let's not start this back up again. We're in a good place here. That would be fake news. Oh man. Okay, so let's talk about the draft. We got Shaden Sharp and Jabari Walker. Um, it was really interesting to watch. First of all, it's been a long time since Portland's had a, a good, solid pick. And to have that number seven pick, all, I think every a lot of people, I know I was waiting up until the last possible minute to see if they were going to hold on to it or trade it. And ultimately, Cronin's comment about it was that they really felt like they had to be wowed in order to, to make that move. Um, and ultimately, they ended up drafting with it. Uh, Shaden Sharp at the end, you know, as, as we were getting closer was the name that was kind of rattling around for the Blazers. And it's an interesting choice because especially because he's a guard and, you know, we've had a lot of those and we've kind of, (laughs) we, as, as we've looked at players to acquire, that's not really been the position we've been looking for, but, I hear really good things about him. I think he has a really high ceiling. I think he's one of these guys that um, we can either end up using or at some point moving, or it may make it a possibility to move someone else. Again, I'm not suggesting Dame for the record, um, but I think that this gives a lot of really good flexibility there. And it, it, I think it was a solid pick. I think it was the best choice for where we were at when it was our turn. What do you think? How do you feel about Shaden? Do you know anything about him? And the big question that I'll ask for you specifically, when I asked people, hey, do you have questions for Chris? One of the big questions was, do you know how Dame feels about it? I know he wild Blazers in the workout he had with the team. And 
I think he got a promise from the Blazers because after that workout with Portland, he was supposed to work out with, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe <laughs> it, I, I believe it might have been New Orleans. Okay. And then he canceled his workout right after the Blazers workout. Okay. So that led a lot of executives to believe that he had a promise at number seven. Okay. So wasn't surprising, surprising at all that they, they took him. A young kid, he was the mystery, the mystery yeah. prospect of the draft. He was a guy that, you know, probably just pound for pound talent-wise, probably the best or top three in the class talent-wise. Uh, you just did there's just not enough game footage of him to yeah. be able to, you know, compare him to. And so that's what the workouts were for. And I think the Blazers saw enough of him where they felt like you know, he, he will be right at that selection. I think he's going to play, you know, they're, they're going to play him. They, they believe that he can help yeah. in certain situations and certain spurts right now. Dame, Dame likes the kid. Dame likes the kid. Um, he feels like he has definitely has upside for like, he can help, help them right now. So, um, you know, I, I had no problem, you know, taking him at number seven and D to your point uh, about the guards. I hear you. And that has definitely been a <laughs> that has definitely been a thorn in the side of the Blazer fans, just having a lot of guards and trying to plug people, plug six three people in into that small four right. spot. But um, I think in the draft now, I think what what people realize, what teams realize, I should say, is that you you got to take the the best available. Yeah. Do we need to talk about Michael Jordan and Kevin yeah. Durant? Yeah. You got you got to take the best available. And I had no gripes whatsoever about sharp going number seven yeah i i agree i think especially in the nba as it sits and and those early picks if it even if the player doesn't fit with what you're doing you you take the best available i i agree i think that's the smart move i always think about michael jordan you know we had clyde drexler so it didn't really make sense i mean but man greg greg Oden, kevin durant i mean that's yeah. that was still look that's still debatable. I mean, we could definitely that look one's at it a, Yeah. That's still debatable. Yeah. But but Michael Jordan, that one hurts. For sure. I just think, especially at the place where they're at, it's not going to hurt. Because even if he doesn't end up fitting in, that's someone you can you should be able to move easily. Although it sounds like he, he should be sticking around, at least for now. That'll be interesting. You know, Jabari Walker, he was a, a later pick. Summer League's going to be fun. The Blazers' Summer League team is going to be fun. Be one, because Shaden Sharp isn't very well known. People haven't mm -hmm. really been able to see him play since he didn't play the, that year in college. And so it'll be fun to see what he can do. And then, you know, Jabari Walker, He one of the things I love the most about him has nothing to do with how he plays. <laughs> it just has to do with how excited he seems to be to be in Portland. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that draft night is something special when you watch those guys' lives change. And especially as you get into the second round and the later picks and these guys that don't know what's going to happen, you you watch them and and their lives just change. And, and it's so cool. So I'm excited to see what he's going to be in and how he's going to fit in and, and if he's going to fit in. So, you know, I mean, the, the Blazers are going to need to fill that roster with some cheaper guys <laughs> because yeah. we've got some big contracts. So yeah. um, they'll, they'll need some of those and maybe maybe he'll end up being one of those. To your point about the, the draft and, you know, you just watching how these players lives are going to be changed just off of that selection. So this is my 12th year covering the league deal. And I've never covered the NBA draft at the actual NBA draft until really? this year. Never have. Wow. I've always found it like I've always found it more beneficial to be home because, you know, I'm, you know, people call it silly. It probably is. I'm, you know, I'm trying to break picks before, <laughs> but beat, beat the commissioner right, up there. Right. So, you know, I, you which know, is, I'm, which for the record, when you're somebody watching the draft and you're active on Twitter, it is, it is maddening because you're looking it. at this I and you're it. looking at this and you're like, I don't know. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I, I I don't even read the tweets anymore. So I know it's a whole bunch of people, you know, pissed off at, you know, at the fact that, you know, a few of us are out there doing that. So I do it, but I've always, I always liked doing it from the house, but I realized like, man, you know what, man, I've never actually been to the NBA draft. That's yeah. the only event of my career that the NBA hosts that I've never been. At. And so I actually went. And so I actually sat, I had a prime seat sat right behind the players. I sat right behind 
the players as they were sitting with their families. And there's a spot like so when Jabari, I was sitting right behind Jabari Smith. So when you when you if people want to go watch, go rewatch the draft and watch when Jabari is, is picked at number three, you can see me right behind. Oh, that's you can cool. See me right behind it, right there. So I just it was it was just cool just to look at the interactions. This, you yeah. know, you see seeing players get nervous and uh, you see the disappointment, you see the excitement, you see the emotions, and yeah, you know, I I got to give a shout out to Jaden Hardy of the the G League who he was the last player in yeah. the green room and you know I, I just saw like most players if the first round is almost over the nba will escort them you know out the green room area so you know so the cameras are not on them so they're not the right. last person still sitting there he stayed there the whole way the whole way and what was he like the 37th pick yeah he was round? something like that something like that and so he stayed even some picks in through the second round till he had it his name was called so i gave him nothing but props man that's yeah. a man you know he, he was he was a man Good for him that night and taking that man and so uh but it was just cool just to, to experience that for the first time so moving forward i probably still do my nba drafts from home <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a really cool that's really cool insight. You know, I, I always think about that when guys fall farther than they expect to. Um, and just the reaction that comes and how they handle themselves. And you know, that bodes well for his future in the spotlight. So good for him. I hope he's super successful. Jaden Ivy was my favorite to watch. I think that that man just could not hold it together to save his life. He just was so overcome with emotion. And you watch these guys that know that they're going to go early and they have time to prepare. I feel like they don't usually have quite as much of a reaction, but it just, he just could not hold it together. And, and I watched as a mom, I'm watching his mom and thinking I would have been a mess and she yeah. just, she handled it, but he just, that poor guy, just, they kept making him cry over and over and over again. But he's, I think of all the draft picks this season, he's the one I'm the most excited to see play out. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do well. Yeah, I'm interested. Like Shade, I want to see him. Obviously, yeah. like again, mystery guy, Keegan Murray out there with the Sacramento yeah. Kings. I, I love him. Uh, so there, there's a there's a few guys I don't want to mention. You know, all of them because let's keep it on the Blazers. But no, this yeah. is a real, really intriguing draft. And I think ten years down the road, we're going to look at this draft and say, oh man, there was some, there was a probably a lot more stars than we we anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so back to the Blazers. You, I believe you were the one who broke the news about uh, OG being a target for for the yeah. team. Any update on that? Because it seems like we've kind of steered away from that. Do you know if they're still kind of going for him or is that, you nah, know, anything there? No, nah, that, that, no. That yes. was just, was that just for the draft pick? That, that was, was when they were... yeah, it would have had to involve the draft pick at that okay. point. And so they there wasn't enough traction that can be made, that can be made to entice Toronto with not just the number seven pick, but, you know, right. some, some other um, assets. And so right. it just, it just didn't work out. So no OG, no OG for Portland. All right. So let that hope go. <laughs> we're just, we're just crushing hopes and dreams one by uh, one here. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Not done. You want, you want to crush some more <laughs> hopes and dreams? <laughs> we're not done. Let's go. All right. So Eric Bledsoe's name is up right now. You know, he's being, apparently very publicly shopped around and it looks like at the last that I saw they were either looking for a deal for him or going to release him so it sounds like maybe he will not be with the team next season I've heard rumors of a move for either Eric Gordon or Kenyon Martin Jr. with the Houston Rockets what do you think of that have you heard anything there I know Kenyon Martin had I don't know if he requested a trade or he just had a list of teams. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But um, Eric Bledsoe has a I believe it's a trigger date. Is that correct? I believe a trigger date on his final year. So the Blazers have time to try to move him. And if they don't, then they would waive him um, before the rest of his salary is owed to him. So he's, he gets I forgot how much he gets, you know, how much he gets guaranteed. But if it goes past that date, they have to guarantee it. So, yeah, so that's what they're doing with Eric Bledsoe. I don't expect him to be a part of the team. Yeah, they're trying to use 
Bledsoe's contract in, in some type of a deal. What deal is that? I mean, look, the Blazers have been linked to Matisse Thibault trying to do something there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a other few teams that's trying to that's looking into Matisse Thibault. Dallas Mavericks, they're also a team that's doing so as well. I'm curious if you can think of anybody that the Blazers will go after in free agency that you haven't really heard anyone talk about. This free agency class is not really that deep. You know, it doesn't yeah. have a lot of star power. You know, the stars that are expected to be in this class, like Zach Levine and Bradley Beal, they're expected to resign with their clubs. If we get, if we go through later on this podcast, it comes up. I'll I'll, I'll just stop whatever we're doing and I'll just <laughs> okay. interrupt and just say it. Okay. Off the top of my head, right now, I can't think of. Okay, it's interesting, you know, as you look at the names that are available and you look at what we've got, trying to figure out, okay, what do we need? What pieces do we need here, and and what are we going to do about it? You know, that we still probably need a backup center. I don't know who they're going to do for that. You got Demarcus Cousins out there. You got JaVale McGee out there. You got Bismack Biombo. You know, you have, you know, some, there's some quality centers out there. Montrez Harold is out there, but I think he's going to be asking for more than what Portland was willing to do. Tristan Thompson is out there. Talking about backup centers. Yeah. So there, there's, there's some, some, there's some, some quality names. out there. Yeah. There's some. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. That's, I think that's one of those unknowns that, you know, could, and to me, that's going to be a, a, an important piece too, because we've struggled with that in the past and it's made a difference. So I'm curious where they're going to go there. You know, we, we've added some defensive power, which we've lacked in the past. Uh, we've added some size. Not a lot, but we're at least going up from, you know, 6'3". <laughs> we're not quite that small <laughs> for the most part anymore. Um, so we're slowly, we're slowly getting there. But that, that backup center is still kind of an unknown. I don't know what, what way we're going there. Serge Ibaka is out there too. Yeah, so it's some, it's some good names. I would like to get him. I don't know how possible that is, but he would be fun. Okay, is there anything else you can tell uh, tell us about the team or the direction or anything like that that maybe we haven't heard that maybe is coming? Anything you want to just throw out there? Obviously, they're not done. Portland is not done. I think what Portland and a few teams are doing, you know, you really have to monitor the Phoenix Suns. So they have – they have some decisions to make this offseason board. They got some extensions um, on the board. Devin Booker's Supermax extension. Um, Cam Johnson. Jay Crowder is up for an extension. A year left on his deal. And I think if you're looking at, you know, we talked about bigs. I think it would, I think it would help to, to bring in another wing. And that is going to be an error because right now you want to – think the plan is to surround Dame with, with as much defensive versatility yeah. as possible, yeah. something he hasn't had before. They, they believe offensively they'll be one of the top top half of the league offensively, so they're not worried about that. They just want to get defensive versatility down pat, and so that's one area of, of, of need that the Portland Trailblazers are searching for, and I'm not saying necessarily that Portland is like dead set on looking on one, looking at one of Phoenix's um, wings and seeing what they're going to do. But um, that's Phoenix has a dearth of wings, and they have a lot of decisions to make over there. Yeah, and they're not going to be able to. Well, can they keep everybody? I guess they can, but people don't believe that they they'll go go over the luxury tax to do uh, to right. do so. So that you know, keep an eye on that that situation, and then. Um, Trying to think, you know, again, Matisse Thibel was somebody, but I, I've heard talks have slowed and died down on that front. But it just gives you gives you a glimpse into the the type of personnel that they're looking to surround Dame with right now. Yeah. So uh, that that's probably the extent right now. Things are going to change. We'll start hearing more um, as the days get closer. Yeah. But uh, as far as right now, that's I think that's all I can provide as of now. Okay, I'll take it. I appreciate it. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it. I want to shift a little bit, if this is okay with you, and mm-hmm. ask you some questions about you, how you do what you do. Can we can we do that? Is that okay? That's fine. 
Okay. I kind of threw it out there that you were going to be on the podcast, open it up for people to ask questions. And there were some really good questions that I thought were worth asking how you kind of do things. <laughs> Somebody asked if looking at Twitter gives you anxiety. <laughs> uh, so is that a question? Yeah. I, I wish, okay, I wish there was question? video for this because right. your face, when I asked that, yeah. <laughs> we should have had video of that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Do, do I get anxiety looking at Twitter? I don't look at Twitter the way everybody else does, if that makes any sense. Um, yes. I have a few people on notifications. I can know like what my competition is doing. Uh, but for the most part, I'm on the phones myself, you know, trying to get as much information as I can. If I get beat on something or something happens, the update, I, I, I have, a you know, I'll get a notification, but I'm not, I don't have to, you know, just constantly be on my phone on Twitter, scrolling through right, everything, right. you know, so that, right. that, that helps you with that. So no, I don't, I don't get anxiety about that. I don't even look like, dear, I don't even, um, for the most part I used to, I probably like two or three years ago, I stopped maybe two years ago, but I don't even really look at my comments anymore. I know, because you don't respond to me anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm Whatever you need or something like that, I got you. you know, I hit, hit you back. I know, I know. Yeah, so you already know that. But, you know, I, I don't. I don't. I, I used to get, um. it just took too much time away. You know, it took some time away from me, yeah. like, really, like, doing my job or spending time with family, yeah. you know, and, and don't, well, there's so many, there, there is so many. And, but I, yeah, the reason I did it, cause I got a kick out of it just seeing everybody's personality. Like I love the jokes. I love the memes. I love yeah. looking at that, but yeah, it, it at one point it was too much. Like that's all I did was just be on my phone and yeah. scroll through sometime. Like, man, I could be way more productive with, with my life. <laughs> my time. We all could Chris, yeah. we all could. So. It's, it's, it's funny too. I mean, really for you, if it's on Twitter, it's somebody's already beat you to it anyway. So that doesn't yeah. do you any good. It's yeah, not like you're, we're getting our news from Twitter, but you're not getting your new, we're getting our news from you. Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's why I said like, I, I'm not on Twitter. Like everybody else is like, I guess most people probably scrolling through multiple people. So I have a few, you know, right. Right. Um, few of my competitors yeah. on yeah. notifications and then I'm on the, I'm on the phone trying to, you know, get what I can get. Right. Okay. So how, this is a great question. How much confirmation does it take for you to get before you send out a tweet that so-and-so is signing with this team or this player is getting traded here? It depends. So if it's coming directly from the player, if the player wants to remain anonymous, then that's going to be a league source. It won't be sources. It right. be plural. So I'm good. I'm getting it straight from the horse's mouth. Same with a, uh, GM, if a GM gives it to me, source, hearing it from the horse's mouth. Uh, but agent, depending on the agent, <laughs> yeah, yeah. depending on the agent, you know, you make it go off, go off, a, you know, one source being the, the player's agent. But for the most part, you try to get multiple. And so if, if an agent tells you one thing, like, okay, cool, let me go check with the team or let me go check with that player. Yeah. Then, then that's, that's pretty much how it goes. So this is, this actually kind of ties into that. Uh, somebody asked how do media insiders like Chris report the hard, true stories and still maintain trust and close working relationships with players around the league? Well, obviously there's the balance, but I think ultimately whether they like it or not, when I'm talking about players, they respect the process if you're up front. So I, I have a little story when I left Portland, to go cover LeBron in Cleveland when he returned after leaving Miami. I remember I wrote a story, a column on about LeBron and his leadership tactics. And I kind of, I was critical of how he was conducting himself and, and trying to lead the team, you know, like he was taking like little subliminal shots at Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. So I wrote this article or whatever. So the next day we're in the locker room LeBron calls me over. I knew what he wanted to talk about, but he was like, hey, uh, I don't mind you writing something critical of me. Like, that's part of it. Do you? You know, you're around us. You observe things. So you got to formulate your own opinion. He said, the only thing that I would ask is, it, is that you come to me and ask why I'm doing this the way I'm doing it. And then I can explain my rationale. And then from there, 
you can decide on if you still think I need to be criticized. He said, but at least let me tell you, give you my, my reasoning. And from there on, I've done that. So when it, when it comes to writing something critical of the players, I'll give them a heads up. Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Do you want to say something? Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes players will give me a, you know, their reason, their rationale for why they're doing something, um, something this way. And then it may make me think differently. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I might've scrapped that story. And then sometimes I still continued on. I appreciate them explaining, but I still felt like, you know, this is the, uh, this is what I need to write a report. And for the most part, players respond well to that. Cause the fact that it's coming, I'm coming to them. They have a heads up and, you know, I've given them the opportunity to, to state their piece. And so, you're, everybody's not going to be happy with it, like things that I report or whatever. Everybody's not going to be happy, but I think and I hope that they respect the way that I go about doing it. You know, every you know a trade or I don't like to break a, a, a I don't like to break something, and I don't like for the players to know find out via Twitter right. if it, if it has anything to do with me. Right. So you can ask CJ McCollum, you can ask KD Brown, whoever you can ask all the, these star players that I've broke news and they'll tell you i I reached out to them first you know i I don't think they can say that one of my reports they found out um through twitter you know i pretty much reached out to them first yeah i i have a lot of respect for that you know i i think um just in in the time i've been around any part of this you see that there are a lot of people doing sports media on different levels and people handle it differently. There's some people, I mean, everybody has different ways of doing things. And I always really respect what you just described. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we always talk about the fact that these guys are humans. They have feelings, they have emotions, they, things affect them as well. And I think the fact that you can maintain relationships and still be, dealing with some tough stuff sometimes. I think that says a lot about how you handle yourself and, and those relationships. And, and I have a lot of respect for that. So well, thank you. Dee. Well, we, we yeah. have a job to do, you know, yeah. I've got a job to do. And so yeah, I want to be able to do my job to the best of my ability. And I want to respect, I want to show respect for these players and these Africans too often. They, they are viewed not as human beings too often they're viewed as assets. Yeah. Yep. And so I always want to humanize this process. And, and, and I want to think like, how would I want somebody to handle me yeah. if, if the shoe was on the other foot? And yeah. so I, I, I try to do that because these, these are, these are, these are human beings. These are grown men with families and, you know, you want to be sensitive to that. So that's, yeah. that's what I've always tried to do. Okay. Last question. If you had to pick one story or one one experience that you've had with this Trailblazers team, one story you've told about a player or the team that has been your favorite, what would it be? Can you pick one? Yeah, I can. So what year was that, the Oklahoma City series? Okay. 2019. Yeah, so that whole series. And first of all, that was a fun series to watch, a really fun series to watch. And I didn't cover who was I with at the time. I was with Yahoo, but I was covering other series. And so I'm just watching the games from TV, like game one, game two. I'm seeing the back and forth, Dame Westbrook, Paul George. And I'm like, man, this is a fun series, but I'm assigned over here, wherever I was at the time. I think maybe Golden State or something like that. And I'm like, man, so I'm talking to Dame. And Dame is like, um, yeah, man, this this is a real this is a real playoff environment, man. When you when you coming, when you coming, I'm like, man, I'm gonna try to get the game four game something, you know. And I was like, that was my plan. He's like, all right. I'm like, bet I'll see you in Oklahoma City. I never could get free. I couldn't get free, and so I was able to get free for that last game. I believe what was that game six? Uh, one? No, it was game. It was game five. Yeah. Wow. Game so they five. Beat him in five. Man, yeah. I can't, can't remember. So. Well, I mean, you've got five, me over so I, here guessing yeah. too. So. <laughs> Man, this seems so long ago. And so <laughs> I get in, so I was able to get free 
to go cover game five. So check this out. So say game five was Wednesday. Okay. I had to be in Tampa Bay, Florida, Thursday morning (laughs) because Ja Morant had just, you know, declared for the draft. And so I was going Thursday morning to Tampa, Florida to have him come on my podcast. So I have to cover a Blazer game in Portland Wednesday night, (laughs) catch a red eye. So my flight left at like 1245, you know, a.m. to go get to Tampa, Florida. So I said, Dame. So I called Dame in between game four and five. I called Dame. I said, hey, Dame, I need some time with you, but I'm not going to be able to get it with you after the game because I got to leave right after the game to go catch a flight to go catch this, this rookie. I said, so can I come through the crib um, the day before? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, come through. Come to the crib. I'll give you the time then. So I got my partner Terrence Hall with me, one of my best friends. So he goes to Portland with me. And so we go to Dame House and rest in peace to um, Dame's cousin, Chef B. Um, you know, he cooked us some great fried fish and some, some I believe, some catfish, man. It was some... Uh, potatoes oh it was like it was a great meal and it was even greater because we were starving like we didn't we didn't have yeah. we, those we didn't are eat. always the best oh, it, it just stands out man it's like the water is so much better like when you hungry and thirsty <laughs> and so we had a good meal and we would just i was able to just document him in his moment as he's preparing to get ready for okc so he was like man whatever you you know whatever we talking about whatever you seeing it's on record. You could go with it. So it was fun. Just like him. Give me this. Yeah. And y'all can check it out. Go to um, y'all can check, check the story. I think it was, you know, I was with Yahoo at the time. And so, but that was the quote he gave me where he was just, we were watching, um, God, we watching some playoff game and he's staring at the screen and it's quiet. We're not saying anything for like five minutes and out the blue, he just says, man, I'm knocking these motherfuckers out tomorrow. I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was like, I'm not getting these motherfuckers out tomorrow. And I was like, whoa. And so I I held it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna hold this. Let me see what he's talking about. And then he goes and, and, and does what he does the next night, hit that crazy game winner. Like, that's the craziest and biggest game winner I've ever seen. I know it was a first round series, but how he did it. Yeah, the degree of difficulty for that shot. Yeah. And that was like one of my best stories I felt and like trying to match that moment. And I was able to like tell the whole story of how. Yeah. He called it the day before and just how zone and locked locked he was yeah. in. And there was a whole bunch of jaw back and forth, man, that whole series, him and Russ. And then, so that was like, that that moment right there, man, just seeing how just seeing the, the mindset he was in the day before and delivering on that on that stage, the way he did it, that was that was just epic, man. It's like when you have when you have epic performances, and I, there's no way I'm trying to say my story was like that, but when you have epic performances, it's very rare that you can complement that epic performance with an equal epic story. Right. But I felt like I came damn near close, man. Yeah. I felt like I came damn near close. And it was the access he gave me the day before at his house in his crib leading up to it. That kind of, that kind of, you know, just gave me that, you know, just gave me like I still like just get goosebumps just from that whole experience. And, you know, and I had a deal. So I had to write that story <laughs> on the on the red oh, eye yeah. going back to Florida. And so it was like, it was like my mind, because I'm on this plane, I'm tired because, you know, it's 12 a.m. too, I'm tired, but I got to get this story Well, and you had to have had some adrenaline after that game. No, you you had to, you had to. I'm like, this happens and then I have to just leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was able to, um, like after the game was over, before he went and did his press conference, I was able to go back to the locker room and tell him, hey, thanks, bro, I'm dipping out. I got to catch this flight. I got you. What he was like, you got what you need. I'm like, yeah, I got what I need. I, you know, you gave me some great stuff. Um, so I'm good. 
But then I have to go write this on, you know, dealing with the air, air, you know, yeah. getting on my flight and all that stuff. Deal with that. And on top of that, finish writing that story on this, what, five-hour flight, Portland to Tampa Bay. After that, then preparing for job, like having yeah. to get, like, get my mindset to interview um, John Morant. So yeah. it was a whirlwind for me that day. Like it was, uh, it was a ton of things I had to do and get, get accomplished for that story to, to hit the print, uh, to, to, you know, to see the day of light, you know, that was, that was like, that's the story that stands out. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll make sure I'll have you send me the link to it and we'll link it in the, in the posts when we post this so that people can go check it out. But hold on. Cause I, I think, hold on dear. I okay. think, uh, Oh, I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers. That's what he said. I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers tomorrow. That's what he said. <laughs> I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers. I'm looking at Yeah, Here it is right here. Declare, hold on, Rustbell Wednesday. Sus. Yeah, here it is. It was Yahoo. The 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 headline, Yahoo Sports. Inside the assassin's mindset and trash talk of Damian Lewis matchup against Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's the story, man. man. That was all. Oh. That I think that's such a such a cool like picture that you just painted of someone who's essentially living the dream. I mean, going to game five of that series where Damian Lillard, first of all, sitting at his house, interviewing him, eating good meals from his chef, going to the game where he knocks Oklahoma out with this fantastic game winner, the adrenaline, getting on a plane, flying across the country to podcast with John Morant, who we all know ended up being John Morant, that, that, but, but also that kind of um, dichotomy with the fact that you're working on a red eye flight where then you didn't get any sleep. And, and just this, you know, in a lot of ways, you're living the dream of a lot of sports fans, but it's also, it's not all glitz and glam. And I know that what you do is a lot of hard work. Um, you know, I, I, I know that you, work at doing what you do. You work at the relationships you have, you work at, you know, like you're talking about breaking news and, and watching for that and being on the phone and, and things like that. And, um, so it, it's, it's, that's an interesting kind of dichotomy there of, of that story of, of the really cool things that you got to do, but also the hard work that, that comes with that. So. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out. That was the, uh, then when I went and sat with Ja, met Ja for the first time, uh, it, that was his first interview since declaring for the draft. And um, that's when he made he made the comment. I asked him, so what's your natural position? And he said, point guard. I'm like, OK, cool. So point guard. So I said, so in that position, he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, point guard. I'm like, oh, excuse me, point guy. And so that made the rounds. That was all on the, yeah. you know, on ESPN <laughs> and everything. And so it was like it was a great podcast I was able to do. I didn't have much time to prep, but that was like just that two day stint right there, man. It was just a whirlwind. whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, it was a whirlwind, man. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your candor and just, you know, getting on here and chatting. I know a lot of the time you have to really watch what you say. Um, so <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on here and just, you know, talking Blazers. I know for Blazers fans, you are often the voice of Damian Lillard um, and, and a lot of those players, we hear their stories through you. And I think that it's, it's really cool to kind of get to hear, you know, your perspective on all this. So thank you for, for filling in for Dave and podcasting with me. So Chris, where can people find you if they want to find you on Twitter, on Instagram, where can they find you? Um, Twitter. My handle is at Chris B. Hangs. Instagram is at Crispy Haynes NBA. And I just want to say, you know, everybody knows, man, Portland has a special place in my heart. That's where my career started. You know, I was on welfare prior to, you know, cracking into the business and I was able to get my start. And I want to shower praise to my, my brother, Dwight James, who gave me the opportunity to, um, to cover a team for the first time ever, didn't have any experience doing so. He put my, you know, he he vouched for me, Kevin Barry, for hiring me over there at Comcast Sportsnet Northwest, what it was at the time. I just think everybody had a part to do with um, me getting my start. And I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't, I didn't let anybody down, you know, because I know like, you know, it's rare that somebody put their 
their reputation on the line for somebody that's unproven. And so yeah. I, that always meant meant a lot to me. So Dwight James, I love you, brother. And uh, I know Dwight catches catches hell every now and then <laughs> on Twitter from Blazer Fair, but that's my guy, man. I love that dude. So hey, he's he's been here longer than any of the rest of us has, and yeah. and he he has earned his right to say whatever <laughs> thing he wants to say. <laughs> that's my guy. So Blazer fans, appreciate y'all, man. Number love. Thanks, Chris. I I appreciate you doing this. No problem. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dade scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dade sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent. <laughs>